0: They were giving everything they had to somebody else. It's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of money. Like I said, you're not stealing anything from him. He wants all of you. And he knows, and you and I both know, that the most difficult place for us to surrender completely to God is Is in our pocketbook. They were dirt poor. He was not demanding something out of the ordinary. He was simply saying, I want all of you. You're robbing me, not of funds. You're robbing me of yourself. That's what I want. That's a lot more important than money, don't you think? It's a lot more important to God. He wants all of you because He knows when He gets all of you, He's going to get all of everything else. That is what's more important to Him. Now, the criticism here of God is He says that you're under a curse for robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, the, the idea of curse here, we can, it, we're getting close to Halloween. We think of curses and witches and things like that. This is not God saying, I curse you. This is God saying, because you are not surrendering to me, you are under a curse. You're under some, circum- you're under some natural circumstances that happen when you don't surrender completely to me. You're under some natural circumstances that happen when you don't surrender everything to me. I can't bless you. You're under this curse. It wasn't that he was saying, I don't like these people over here. No, he loves these people. These are his chosen people. He, his longing desire through the whole Old Testament is he wants the heart of his people. That's the whole point of the old, that's the whole story of the nation of Israel. And we look at the Israelites and we kind of go, well, they're really dumb. Yeah, because they're just like us. Because we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, admittedly, this week, it seems like it's almost a monthly event. We had an Apple event this week. Anybody in technology know what I'm talking about? Okay, we had an Apple event. It means Apple released a new product this week. Woohoo! As soon as it's released, there will be people lined in front of Apple stores or online trying to get a hold of the latest Apple product that's been released. Who are they worshiping? Apple! Apple! Folks, we do the same thing. We think we've got to have the latest and the greatest and the newest. And, and, I'm, and I, there's a, I'm, not, I'm not saying that all of that is bad. When it becomes Lord over Christ, there's a problem. Because it's a matter of who's in control at the throne of your heart. You see, here's the thing. If I'm faithful to my wife 364 days a year, I'm still unfaithful. Are you following me? If I'm faithful to my wife 364 days a year, I'm still unfaithful because there's 365. Folks, God wants all of us. We might get everything, but folks, this is a big deal. Otherwise, God wouldn't talk about it so much. Okay, so we rob God. The second thing we do, I believe, is we rob the church. Let me say this. God doesn't need your money. Okay? God does not need your money. Write it down. The pastor said in church that God does not need my money. The church does. The church does. Because the church is his agent in the world to share the gospel. Now, we can share the gospel without money, but it's hard to get some of those places if we don't have that with the way our society is set up, right? The lights, we don't get electricity for free because we're the church. Do you know that? We get a bill just like you do, okay? The, it's warm in here today. Last Sunday, it was freezing in here, in the first service, people were like, amen. Um, but folks, we, we, we got it fixed. The, the, the heat's on, and, and, and it's, it's rolling. But guess what? We get a bill for that. The Sunday school class that you were in today, if you had books or papers or pencils or pens, um, those cost money. The fact that you have pastors And we are very, very thankful for the fact that you give. If you didn't give, we couldn't have. We couldn't be here. Okay? The church needs your money because the church is God's agent in the world. That's his plan. We are it. People bash the church all the time. And there's some times that the church deserves bashing. However, it's the only boat afloat, folks. That's it. We are God's plan there. You see, the call of God here is to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. We talk about storehouse tithing. Okay, some of you guys have heard that. Well, what is storehouse tithing? Let me put it to you this way. If you go to eat at Red Robin, do you go across the street and pay your bill at Applebee's? No. Why? Why? Where'd you eat? At Red Robin, right? So you pay your bill, or you put your money where you're fed. So, folks, if this, is your own, if this is your church, and there's a lot of great ministries to give to, and I am not saying that you shouldn't give to them. There's a ton of great ministries out there. But if this is your church and this is where you're fed, then this is where you need to bring your tithe. It's called storehouse tithing. That's exactly what they're talking about. Because what happened here is the Israelites were giving their tithes to other places when they were in captivity. And God says, hey, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Because... We have need of it here for our for our our folks and folks. We have need of it. Bring it into the. Does Does that mean we shouldn't give to the other things? No, I'm not saying that. But but it's not your tithe. How? Ah, that it is that this is what this is talking about. God has called us to give to the air, to the place that we are fed. One of the greatest things that I'm so proud of about our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, is our passion for missions and our passion for the lost. We're in almost 160 world areas around the world. One of the greatest denominations in the world as far as the number of places where we have missionaries. When you give your tithe to the church, a portion of that goes to support that. Did you realize that? You're a part of that. It's so vital and so important. If there are other ministries that you give to, by all means, please give to those ministries. But don't think that that's your tithe. That's an offering. And by all means, give to it. But bring the tithe into the storehouse. Now, here's the challenge of God, and I love this passage of Scripture. Remember I told you that the the folks were dirt poor that Malachi was talking to? There's another passage of scripture in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that Paul has written here, and, and he says this, starting with verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Their their extreme joy... Their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty overflowed into rich generosity. What that tells me is a couple of things. Number one, extreme poverty combined with extreme joy results in generosity. It doesn't matter how much you have. It doesn't matter how much you give. What matters is this. Is the obedience and the... Folks, are you overwhelmed with joy? We talked about that earlier in the service. Overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord and what he's given you and blessed you with? Salvation? I mean, folks, we're so well off. Amen? Making sure you're still awake, okay? Overwhelming joy, unbelievable poverty, mixed together into rich generosity. I want to be a part of a church like that. I want to be like the Macedonian churches. Because, folks, it's not a matter of how much you give. Last week, we talked, the well, last couple of weeks, we talked about the widow with the two little coins. When she put the coins in, she was given everything she had. Jesus said that she was giving more than all of the other people combined. She gave out of her poverty. Everybody else was given out of their excess. have we not been overwhelmingly blessed? We have been overwhelmingly blessed by the Lord. Jesus calls us to give. The challenge here is that we give generously. Now, there may be some of you here this morning that you are regular givers, and you've given, and I would just encourage you to continue doing that. There may be some of you here that you've been coming to our church for a few months now and, and, and you've kind of like feeling, hey, I think this might be where we're going to go ahead and camp <laughs> um, to, to, to go to church. This is our church. And you've never, ever given before. I want you to know something. The church doesn't necessarily need your money, but you are going to be overwhelmingly blessed by giving. Just ask some of those that are here that give on a regular basis. It's not a matter of we can afford it. It's almost a matter of we can afford not to. So here's the thing. God's standard is 10%. Okay? And you've never, ever given before. Let me ask the rest of the Christians in the room a question here. Are there other areas of your life that God's standard is here and you're down here? Has anybody got God's standard down 100% on everything? Come on, folks. No. If you've never given before, start. Just start. Just start. 10% is God's standard. Now, for those of us that are Christians that have been giving for a while, 10% is the floor we stand on. You've, you've been in the habit. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that for some people, any amount of giving that you give is extremely sacrificial. Please don't think that, that, that I think that. For some people, 10% is, is all they can do, and it's tough for them to do that, but they do it with joy. God knows that and understands that. For some of you, it might be time to bump that percent up. Maybe God's challenging you this morning. Say, you know what? You've been given 10%. Why don't you give 15? Or 20? Somebody told me the name of this guy in the first service, and because I, I can never remember his name, but there's a man, a Christian man who started a business. What's his name? Letourneau? Yeah, Letourneau. When he started his business, he made he decided to turn tithing on its head. And from the very time he started his business, he said, I'm going to Give ninety percent, and I'm going to live on ten percent. You can go home and look him up. You can Google him. He's a, he. He's passed away now. But when he died, he was a multimillionaire. Multimillionaire. He gave so much. So the last thing, and we're the last thing that we rob, folks. I believe when we don't give, is we're robbing ourselves. I think we're robbing ourselves of how much it is that God wants to bless us when we give. We really are. I think I think I think we're robbing ourselves. Matter of fact, God says in this passage of scripture to test him in this. There's not very uh, matter of fact, we kind of think it's not a good idea to test God, right? Hey, you know, don't don't test him. Well, this passage of scripture, God says go ahead. Go ahead and test him. So I would say this. If you've never ever given before. Give it three months. Pick a percentage. And start. Go for three months. And see if at the end of those three months. If you're worse off than you were when you started. Then stop giving. Put the Lord to the test. If you've been given, 10, if you've been given 10%. And the Lord's pushing you. To say, hey, why don't you bump that up to 12% or why don't you bump that up to 15% test it for three months if you're worse off, then go back to 10. I really believe that this is something that God would have us do and I, I, I want to read a passage that we looked at earlier in this series because I think this is the key to all of this stuff when it comes to giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good It says to me, first of all, what you give is between you and God. I think it does call us to give. And so for some of you here this morning, maybe this is the first time you've ever really thought about giving financially. And I want you to know, you're not giving to me. You're not even really giving to the church, although the church is where you place the funds. You're giving... To God. Do you understand that? So maybe you're here this morning and you have in the past paid your tithe and you've really been struggling and, and you're think, and you're like, well, okay, I, I, I know that I need to. And please don't try to make up for what you've missed. Because I don't think that's God's instruction to try to beat us over the head. The church has used some of these passages of Scripture to beat people over the head in years past. It's way more important than robbing God. You're stealing money from God. It's more important. What's happening is you are not being able to be fully surrendered to him. That's the whole point. Do you understand the difference? That's the whole point, folks. Maybe you've given in the past and you haven't, and you're like, okay, I I need to make a commitment to. Or if you've been giving, please keep giving. Maybe the Lord's challenging you to bump it up a little bit. Or maybe you've never given, and this is your church, and you're thinking, I make minimum wage. I work three jobs. I'm barely skirting by. Guess what? You're in good company because so were the Israelites when this passage of Scripture in Malachi was written. It doesn't matter the amount. Do you get that? So maybe, just maybe, start somewhere and then be committed to it and see what God can do. Okay, I'm going to ask the ushers to come if they would. And they have a card that they're going to be passing out. And if you give as a, fan, as a, as a couple, then take one card. If you give as an individual, however you choose to, to do that is up to you. But on this card is a commitment. This is kind of the whole thing that this series has led to. Okay, on this card, there's three places to check. Do not put your name on it. I don't want your name on it. I don't want to know who gives what in this church. I don't know. I do not look at the giving records. That's not my business. It's between you and God. As a matter of fact, the people who count the money, they don't pay much attention. They just have to log it because, you know, the IRS wants us to, to keep track of those things, and you probably like to write it off on your taxes, which is a great benefit we have in this country. Um, but we, we don't We don't look at those things. There's three places to check. One is, I've been giving and I'm going to continue. Okay? There's another place for you to check that says, I I used to give and I'll start again. And there's another one there that says, I've never given before, but I'd like to start giving. And what we're going to do is as the band comes and plays as a as a symbol to God it's perforated so what I want you to do is take uh, one part of it is just maybe for a bookmark for your bible or something for you to stick it in to remind you about the commitment that you've made today if you'd come and place it on the altar face down nobody's going to know who this is but this is just a way for us to know Because, folks, this is a big area. It's a really big area of commitment. And so I I just want to challenge you. God said, put him to the test. Even if you start with 1% and you try that for six months and then you bump it up to 2%. it's, It's a habit to get into. And it's, it can be tough. And I understand that. I've been there. But I truly believe that you will be blessed and that we as a church will be blessed. And I don't mean just financially. My goodness, we're going to be, I mean, the presence of the Holy Spirit when you've fully surrendered to Christ. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? Do you remember that sense of freedom? That load that was lifted off? This is another level. This is different. But, folks, I believe that God wants to pour out just an amazing blessing on us. So, as we sing, matter of fact, let's stand. And uh, as we sing, if you would, just as a way of commitment, take that part. And uh, we'll just sing and file down through the front here and just place your card on the altar, head back to your seat, and we'll conclude here in just a couple of moments. But as a way of commitment to the Lord, let's worship him. and.